We'll be in Exodus chapter 16. Exodus 16. And we're going to attempt to read through the whole passage. I know it's kind of long, but I have a hard time breaking them up. I think, well, I could just read this verse and that verse, but golly, I hate not to read them all because they all kind of go together. So we'll read all of 16, Exodus 16. I'll uh, try to read through them uh, quickly. It's about 36 verses. So we'll read through the whole chapter so we can get an idea of what's going on, what's taking place here. Uh, We had just seen uh, in the verses before that God had provided water for the people of Israel. They were uh, in need of water. They had been walking for three days, and and God provided the water that they needed and was taking care of them, and we're kind of continuing along those same lines again in chapter 16. So let's pray, and then we'll jump in. Father God, we come to you tonight, and I pray that you would just... uh, Hide me behind the cross as I preach and teach these words. I pray that you would help us to listen to this, this, this story, these details of this account of your people Israel here, that we can kind of understand everything that's going on. Just help us to pay attention. It's kind of a long part, dear Lord. So help us to, to see what's going on. Help us to see how it can apply to our life. And I pray that you just would take away the worries of my mind now, dear Lord, the thoughts of the world. I pray that in these few minutes that we would all just be focused on your word and on what the Holy Spirit wants to uh, say and do in our life tonight. In Jesus' name, I ask it. Amen. 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 Exodus 16, verse 1. The entire Israelite community departed from Elam and came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after they had left the land of Egypt. The entire Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, when we sat by pots of meat and ate all the bread we wanted. Instead, you brought us into this wilderness to make this whole assembly die of hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. This way I will test them to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, This evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning you will see the Lord's glory because he has heard your complaints about him. For who are we that you complain about us? Moses continued. The Lord will give you meat to eat this evening and more than enough bread in the morning for he has heard the complaints that you are raising against him. Who are we? Your complaints are not against us but against the Lord. Then Moses told Aaron, Say to the entire Israelite community, Come before the Lord, for he has heard your complaints. As Aaron was speaking to the entire Israelite community, they turned toward the wilderness, and there in a cloud the Lord's glory appeared. The Lord spoke to Moses, I have heard the complaints of the Israelites. Tell them, At twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will eat bread until you are full. Then you will know that I am Yahweh, your God. So at evening, quail came and covered the camp. In the morning, there was a layer of dew all around the camp. 
When the layer of dew evaporated, there were fine flakes on the desert surface, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they asked one another, What is it? Because they didn't know what it was. Moses told them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather as much of it as each person needs to eat. You may take two quarts per individual, according to the number of, of people each of you has in his tent. So the Israelites did this. Some gathered a lot, some a little. When they measured it by quarts, the person who gathered a lot had no surplus, and the person who gathered a little had no shortage. Each gathered as much as he needed to eat. Moses said to them, No one is to let any of it remain until morning. But they didn't listen to Moses. Some people left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and smell. Therefore, Moses was angry with them. They gathered it every morning. Each gathered as much as he needed to eat. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much food, four quarts apiece, and all the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He told them, This is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil, and set aside everything left over to be kept until morning. So they set it aside until morning as Moses commanded, and it didn't smell or have any maggots in it. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you won't find any in the field. For six days you may gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. Yet on the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, but they did not find any. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commands and instructions? Understand that the Lord has given the Sabbath, therefore on the sixth day, he will give you two days' worth of bread. Each of you stay where you are. No one is to leave his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. The house of Israel named the substance manna. It resembled coriander seed, was white, and tasted like waters, like wafers made with honey. Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded. Two quarts of it are to be preserved throughout our, your generations so that they may see the bread I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. Moses told Aaron, Take a container and put two quarts of manna in it. Then place it before the Lord to be preserved throughout your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, Aaron placed it before the testimony to be preserved. The Israelites ate manna for forty years until they came to an inhabited land. They ate manna until they reached the border of the land of Canaan. Two quarts are a tenth of an ephah. Now, we see kind of this story unfold of how God is continuing to provide for his children as they enter into the wilderness. And what you can see at the beginning of these first few verses here is that the Israelites hadn't changed a whole lot from when they first started. 
uh, from the very get-go, as long as God was trying to uh, deliver them and trying to get them to trust in Him, there's always kind of been this grumbling. Even when Moses first came in and things weren't going the way that they thought that they should go and the Pharaoh uh, made the work harder on them, they grumbled in how God was working. Last week, they grumbled because they did not have any water and they finally found water and it was too bitter for them to drink. And then it hadn't been too long after that here that they need food to eat and that they are grumbling before Moses and before Aaron. And they said in verse 3, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt when we sat by pots of meat and ate all the bread we wanted. Now they were kind of taking a jab at Moses and Aaron there. At least they were directing this at Moses and Aaron. But instead, what we see in the verses to come, it is God that says, they are complaining about him. They might have thought that they were complaining uh, to Moses and Aaron, but God knew in their heart it was not a, a complaint against Moses and Aaron, but rather a complaint against how God himself had handled the situation. And the, the Israelites here are kind of taking a jab at Moses and Aaron, saying, oh, we should have stayed where we were. We should have just stayed and it would have been better to die under God's hand with the Egyptians. At least there we had pots of meat. We had tables full of food, so to speak. They had good stuff to eat there. And the old way in their mind seemed kind of tempting to go back. In their mind they were thinking it would have been better for them to have been back in the old days. And the enemy does the same thing to us. Does the enemy ever do that to you? Maybe there was a sin in your past that you have been forgiven for that you haven't given into in a long time that maybe the enemy kind of brings that temptation or that thought, you know, you should do this or you should do that. Remember how good that felt? Remember how much fun that was when you used to do this or you used to do that? And, 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 and in the moment of that sin, when we were going through it, we remember the burden and the agony and, the, and just the, 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 the heaviness that it felt because that's what sin does. It, it enslaves us. And in the moment, we realize we want to get out of that. And when we get in those times, we call out to the Lord, we seek the Lord, and we want to be delivered because we realize the seriousness and how bad our situation is. But oftentimes, as time passes a little bit, we forget that we were in slavery to that sin. We forget just how bad it was for us. That's exactly what the Israelites had done. If you would have asked them before any of this started, hey, do you want to be delivered from slavery? I would venture to say that all of them would have said, yes, please, we don't want to be enslaved here. I don't know that, but I just guess that that's probably what they would have said. And now look at them. They have been delivered of their slavery, and in a miraculous way, nonetheless, they have seen God's power over and over and over. And you would think by this point they would be so glad that they were not enslaved, that they had a miraculous, all-powerful God who was meeting their needs, and that they would just be obedient servants to the Lord who had delivered them. But they weren't. I guess in their mind, maybe they had forgotten just how bad the slavery was because here they're saying, look, it had been better for us just to stay there and to have been slaves or even die in Egypt. At least we had good food to eat. Now, they're, they're, they're missing the big picture. They're thinking about the here and now, and sometimes we make poor decisions because we're simply thinking about the here and now. How good do we feel now? How is everything going now? We don't think about the, the past, how bad it was, or the future, how good it can be. We're a living-in-the-moment type of people sometimes. And they weren't thinking about the ultimate future. They weren't thinking about, hey, 
we're on this road out of slavery to a promised land that God had given us. Instead, they're thinking, in this moment, we ain't got no good food to eat. What are we going to do? Shame on you, Moses and Aaron. And they even go so far as to say, instead, you brought us into this wilderness to make this whole assembly die of hunger. Now, they still have not get, got it. They still are grumbling. We see that word grumble used a lot, at least in my translation. I don't know what it is in your word, but that idea that they are grumbling. They were grumbling last week. They're grumbling in the passage we see this week. You'll notice if you read in chapter 17, I think the, they're grumbling still. And God is faithful to them. Isn't that great how God is still faithful to them? Isn't that great how God loves them? If I would have been God, I would have said, you know what? I'm done with y'all. I wouldn't have had that much patience. Praise the Lord that I am not God. It's a good deal. And most of us probably don't have that much patience with people. If I would have been God, I would have said, Hello? Did you not see me part the sea? Did you not see the plagues that affected the, the Egyptians and didn't touch you? Did you not see that last week I provided you plenty of water and plenty of date palms to, to eat? But instead, God, he, he addresses the problem, but he, he calls them out, too, for the way they've been acting. He acknowledges that they are complaining against him, and he says, I'm going to provide quail for you in the evening, and then you will have this bread in the morning. And they had this bread every day for 40 years, and they called it manna. And it said it was like a, a fine frost on the ground. Can you imagine gathering up two quarts of fine frost? Can you imagine having to, having to kind of pick that up and how you would even handle it to get it in the jar? I don't have a clue. I'm sure it was, it was, it was something to see. And I can't help but wonder if maybe, maybe if they hadn't complained, maybe God had other plans for them. I don't know. Maybe God's plan was to feed them manna uh, from the get-go. But maybe it wasn't. Maybe God had better plans. But because of their lack of faith and because they refused to trust in the Lord... Here they are. They're having their needs met. They do have the food that they're asking for, but for 40 years they have to eat the same thing day after day after day. Now, I don't know about you guys. I'm pretty good at eating the same thing day after day for a little while. I kind of get on these kicks where I'll just eat the same thing, like for the last week and a half, for instance. I've been eating those little frozen pizzas, like every meal. That's all I'm eating. It's good. It's fine. And Michelle says, well, don't you want anything else? I say, nope, I'm fine. But eventually, I'll get burned out on that, and I'll want something else. And so I can only imagine that the Israelites who had to eat this manna for 40 years every day, what, what they must have been thinking as they had to do it. But I think what we see here through this passage is that God provided for them. And he didn't provide steak for them. He didn't give them the, the best of the best, maybe what they wanted, but he did provide for them. The whole time that they were wandering in the wilderness, God provided for them. And God does the same thing for us, I believe, as, as Christians. I believe that God provides for us. I believe that God meets our needs. I believe that God takes care of us. But sometimes I think we, we, our definition of needs differs from what God's definition of needs does. In our mind, we think we always need a delicious meal of, of, of whatever it is that we like. And maybe we would kind of turn our nose up as something plain, and we should be thanking God that we've got anything to eat at all. It's, pretty, it's a pretty sad problem. It's a very American problem that we have that we see some food there and we say, well, I'm not eating that. Well, 
at least, isn't it something that we have a choice, that we can choose, that we don't want to eat something? There are plenty of people in the world who eat the same thing every day. It may not be manna, it may be rice, it may be who, who knows, whatever it may be. But there are a lot of people that, that have to eat the same thing every day. And we need to be thankful for whatever it is that God gives us. I know that the Israelites probably, in the moment, the first few days, it probably wasn't too bad. And, and I'm sure that it was tough on them eating the same thing every day. But ultimately, God sustained them. God was with them in their most difficult time. God was with them to meet their needs. And he did give them a little quail here on this first day, first night. He, he did give them a little bit of good stuff. Well, we can learn a lot, I think, from looking at the Israelites, not just in the verses tonight, but in the verses before and in the verses yet to come, that, that a lot of times they, they, didn't, they weren't content with what God had, had done for them. They weren't uh, trusting in the Lord to lead them through whatever situations that God was leading them through. And we can take a page out of their book and we can kind of compare it to our own life and say, are we content with what God is doing for us? Are we content with the pace at which God is moving in our lives? It may not be fast enough, uh, as fast as we want it to be. It may not be in the way that we want it to be, and God may not be giving us everything we want. But I think if we're honest with ourselves and we begin to look at our life, I think we can honestly say that God is taking care of us that God is getting us through, that God is healing us of our sicknesses, that God is putting food on our table, that God is putting a roof over our head. And sometimes we may have a surplus and sometimes we may have to struggle. But at the end of it all, I would venture to say that all of us in here can acknowledge that God has taken care of us just as he took care of the Israelites. And so maybe there's some discontentment in our heart or some frustration with the Lord and let us not be those that, that say, boy, if only we were back in the old days, if only things were like they used to be. Well, things might seem like they were better than they, than they were when they used to be, but I'm promising you, if you're in a walk with the Lord and you're continuing to grow in Him, your life is much better now than it, was ever, uh, than it ever was before you came to know the Lord. Let us not be those that say, if only, but let us be those that say, you know what? I'm not going to grumble. I'm going to be content with where God has brought me, how God has got me here, and how God is going to provide for me and lead me where he needs me to go in the future. Let's pray. God, we come to you tonight, and I pray that you would help us to, to not be those old grumblers, dear Lord, to not look back at our past and, and, and think that, boy, we'd be better off doing something else, God. We are better off right in your grace and right in your presence and, and your mercy, dear Lord. So I pray that you would help each one here tonight just to be in that place. I pray that you would just continue to take care of us, God. We thank you for meeting our needs. We thank you for giving us food to eat. We thank you for giving us houses to live in and clothes to, to wear. And help us to be content with those things that we have, dear Lord. It seems like in my life I always want something more or something better. And I pray, God, that you would forgive me of that and that you would help me to to kind of wrangle those 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 desires of the world in and just be happy with 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 you dear god help us to be fully content with you in a relationship with jesus christ and the the grace we've received dear lord so that we won't be those that grumble but that we will be those who praise you in jesus name i ask it amen